We are in a series here um, at Crestview called Playlist, and the playlist that we're talking about is through the book of Psalms. So looking at the book of Psalms, so I have this question for you. Do you know, do you know why we do this? I mean, have you ever asked the question, why do we get together and sing songs with a live band? What other organization does this kind of stuff? It seems a little odd at times, if, if I can speak honestly. There's something about that that just, why do we sing praises? Well, if you were to open your Bible, if you had a Bible with you and you were to open it right to the middle, you're going to land probably somewhere in the book of Psalms or Proverbs. Now, Proverbs is this book that helps us with our relationships between each other. The Psalms helps us with our relationship to God. So one is horizontal, how we treat each other and lessons we can learn from that. The Psalms then teach us about our vertical relationship with God, how that works and how we do those um, things. And there's something unique in this book of Psalms, the last five chapters. If we could jump to the last five chapters, you're going to see something that stands out that I think is pretty cool. Each one of these five chapters begins with the same phrase and ends with the same phrase. It begins with the phrase and ends with the same phrase, and all five of them do this, and it kind of just creates, even though they're five different chapters, this unit together. And the phrase is praise the Lord. The, the line actually, praise the Lord, it's translated from the Hebrew. Now the Hebrew translation, if we were to see what the Hebrew words were that, which is the original text of this, the Hebrew word for that is hallelujah. Now, I'm not sure why they translated it praise the Lord. If I were translating that, I probably would have translated it hallelujah, right? Would you have as well? So you get the connection here. What does hallelujah mean? Praise the Lord. There's something special about this. I heard about this cowboy. Um, he got a new horse, and he was so excited about his new horse, and he was going to train his new horse in a new and different way. Um, but this guy was very religious, and he, he trusted, and he liked the phrases and words of his religion in his church. So he was going to train his horse to go. On, on the command go, he was going to use the phrase, praise the Lord. And that meant for the horse to go. And for the horse to stop, he was going to train the horse to stop on the word hallelujah. And he got this all worked out. He got it down. He was out walking his horse. He was riding it, and the horse was walking. And pretty soon it was, it was trotting along. And pretty soon there was a gallop. And before long, this horse was running full speed. And the guy got scared. He knew there was a cliff coming up. The cliff was coming up really close. And he forgot the words that he had trained his horse to stop. And he was going through all his phrases that he learned in church. He said, amen, and Jesus saves, and holy, holy, and nothing was working. Finally, he remembered. He said, hallelujah, right at the edge of the cliff. He took off his hat, and he said, praise the Lord. You're welcome, all right? You can, you can take that and use it um, as your own. Now, why do we do this? Why do we come together and sing praises? It seems a little odd at times, but yet there's something about it that's special. And I think we have to look at it this way. Have you ever considered worship, have you ever considered this time to be a privilege? The privilege of worship? Have you ever thought about being here as a privilege? This is a privilege for you to come into this room and to sing. Think of it this way. Have you ever been in the, the presence of royalty? Maybe a king or a queen. Um, maybe the president of the United States. 
Now, I'm not trying to be political with that. Some of you are like, I don't really want to. Okay, the, the president you would want to be in the presence of, the Oval Office. Maybe you're standing in the Oval Office with the president of your choice of history. Wouldn't that be a privilege for you to be able to stand there and to be there? Guys, I think it's the same thing here. We get to be in the presence of the Almighty, the one and only, the creator of the universe. He is here with us. And I think it's a privilege for us to come and worship him. There's only one God and he is here with us. Now I get it, I know you can worship by yourself. You're in your car, you're at home alone. I, I understand that you can give worship when you're alone and when you're by yourself, but I also believe in Matthew 18, 20, when Jesus says, for where two or three come together in my name, I am there with them. The God of the universe is here with us this morning, and we should count it a huge privilege to be in his presence and to be able to sing his praises. It's a privilege, not a chore. Now, I have been a part of worship services and maybe you can look around on any given Sunday and you can look in the eyes and watch other people and think, man, they make it look really hard. <laughs> I'm not sure they even want to be here. And we can notice that it becomes a chore, that for others it could be a chore to be here instead of a privilege, but it really is a celebration. And I think too often our focus is turned away from God and it's turned on us. If we turn the focus on us and we don't focus on God, then worship will become like everything else that we do. And eventually, when it becomes like everything else that we do, then it becomes a chore. And we don't count it as a privilege anymore. That's why we have to keep the focus on God. Someone came up to Francis Chan one time. He's a famous pastor and author. And they said to him after a worship service, they said, I really didn't like worship today. And he replied back to them, that's okay. We weren't worshiping you. <laughs> Take that one, all right? Write that one down. I want you to remember that. I know it's not a quote from scripture, but how, how much meaning is there? If you don't like what's happening in here on Sunday mornings, maybe the focus is on the wrong place. I believe there needs to be a certain attitude when you come into this room, an attitude of worshiping God. And if your expectations are on what you want out of the deal, if you come in here expecting to be served, and if you come in here expecting to enjoy it for you because you need something out of it, I think you're expecting the wrong thing and you've got an attitude of selfishness. And I believe you'll leave here disappointed. I'm going to disappoint you. The band's going to disappoint you at some point. Something's going to happen. And if you leave here disappointed, well, all I can say is get in line. Um, there's plenty of that to go around. We're not the perfect church, and there's plenty to talk about with that. But if you come into this place with the right heart posture, and your focus is on the one and only creator of the universe, and you come in here with an attitude of serving him and worshiping him, I guarantee you will leave different. I guarantee the Spirit will change your heart and you will leave here more fulfilled than anything else can do for you because of what you want to give to Him. It is amazing. And I, I believe that we should look at this word not as a noun. It, worship is not something we come to. It's something we do. It has to be a verb. 
There's action behind this word. When we praise, when we sing, there's action to this. And the question shouldn't be, what do I get out of it? The question that you should be asking when you come here is, what do I put into it? Now, here's the cool part. These last five chapters, hopefully you're there, um, the last five chapters of the book of Psalms, they create something special, and they teach us a lesson. It's kind of this unit. And the lesson they try and teach us, I think, is, is why. And it's because God created us to praise him. God has created us to praise him, and you can see it throughout the whole book of Psalms, but especially these last five chapters. Um, if, if you look at this, chapter 146, starting in verse 2, says, I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. While I'm still alive, he's talking about this, I will praise him. That's what I've been created to do. It says, verse 3, put not your trust in princes, in a son of man, in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth. On that very day, his plans perish while we are alive here on this earth, we have been created to worship him. Look at chapter 147, verse 1. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. It, we talked about this last week when David writes, and he's writing about the building up of Jerusalem. He's talking about the church. That's us. And not the church of location, not the church of building, the church, the people. He's gathering the church together. He's gathering the people of God together. And then he, I like the way he says this here. Uh, right? He gathers the outcasts. I know you have felt like this sometime in your life. I have as well. You just feel like an outcast. But yet he gathers up us together. And when we come together, it's unity. There's no outcast. When we come together as a church, we are singing his praises. Um, I don't think you have to be taught how to do this either. Because he created us this way, it comes natural for us to want to worship and want to praise. If you've ever been to a concert, you know what praise looks like. If you've ever been to a big sporting event, you know what praise feels like. There's no guidelines there's no instruction manual on how to be a fan at a football game. They don't hand anything out saying, okay, here's what we expect of you as fans. This is what we want you to do. Um, I don't know if you went to the game yesterday, if you went the week before, but I'm assuming that most of you have been to a football game here recently. And I'm pretty sure that yesterday at K-State, at the football game, there was no big announcement on the big screen. I don't think Bill Schneider came out and said this pre-game warm-up for the fans, or the DA didn't stand on the field with a microphone, um, or the announcer didn't come across. You know, Dave Lewis didn't say, all right, here's what's going to happen, folks. Here in just a little bit, the team's going to run out of the tunnel. And when the team runs out of the locker room, I'm going to say a phrase like, here come the cats, right? And when I say that phrase, if you're wearing purple, I would love for you to be able to stand up. And if you're not wearing purple, you can choose which team you cheer for. But if you are, I want you to stand up and cheer for the cats. Do they have to say that? 
No, he doesn't give us these. He doesn't say, all right, here in a little bit, the band's going to play a song called the Wabash Cannonball. And I want you to coordinate with the person next to you. One of you lean forward, one of you lean back, you know, and you go back and forth at different times. It'll look really cool if we all do that. Can you all practice? Band, can you play a little bit so we know what the song sounds like? They don't do that. Dave Lewis doesn't say, um, hey, when we get a first down, this is part of protocol here at K-State, when we get a first down, I'm going to say the words, good for a wildcat. Yeah, thank you. You guys know the drill, right? I don't even have to fill it in. Or the, the song, the, the famous song, fighting ever fighting for a wildcat victory. You guys know it. There's no instructions. Why? Because there's something in us. There's something, the way God created us is we're going to worship. We're going to cheer. We're going to do something. Church, the same token goes here. It happens here as well. This should happen naturally for us. We don't hand out instructions on what to do and how to do it when you come into this room. Because God created you this way. He created us to worship to praise him, it should come natural for us. Now I get it, all right? Hang on with me. I know we all do it a little bit differently. We all have a different way of doing it. Some of you are a little bit more outward with your expressions. Whether you're at a football game or you're at church, you are just, you show that a little bit more than others. Some of you are a little bit more reserved. Um, as long as you're honest about that, right? Some of you are outward. Some of you are, some of you are, I don't know how to explain it the best on how we do it here, but there is somebody that I think can do a better job of explaining the different levels of how we worship. So just watch this. And I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know. Anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Anybody here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? <laughs> Some of you are trying, you're like, I can't. I want to, I need to get some momentum. Totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you wanna go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you gotta join right in, okay? Start slow. We got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand raises. So I'm gonna walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking, start slow, hands in the pockets, little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle, get warmed up, get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready, carry the TV, carry the TV, that's our first one, very subtle. Go to big screen, big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you can go out there. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you. Grace. Next one's hold my baby. Hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. Got goalpost. Everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn. A lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn right back to goalpost. What's my favorite? Mufasa. Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. 
You can take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five, press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window, wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go, there's your big three. It's good stuff, Tim Hawkins, good stuff. You're gonna be, you're gonna be searching for that later, watching that one again, I know, it. it's good. Um, you'll, notice, you'll notice here at Crestview, at least me, yeah, carry the TV about as big as I get um, on this. But here's what, here's what I'm asking of you guys. We're not going to tell you how. That's up to you. As long as you're honest about it, how you worship doesn't matter. We're not going to tell you how you have to do that. And I'm not going to criticize if somebody worships just a little bit different than I do. I love watching the different expressions. As long as you're being honest about it and it's true to who you are, then let that happen with you. And here's why. Because God deserves our praise. That's why. However you do it, however he has created you, then you let that come out because he created us this way and he deserves it. He deserves our praise, whatever that looks like. So everything we do in this room on Sunday mornings is for that reason. We think about every aspect of what we do, and it's part of the praise for him because he deserves all of that. Let's, let's jump back here. Um, chapter 148, look at verse 5. It says, Let him praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He spoke the world into existence. Don't you think the person that spoke the world into existence deserves our praise? Jump down to verse 13. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. Absolutely. I love this story in, in Luke chapter 19, the story of the triumphal entry is what it's called. And this is the week leading up to Jesus and his betrayal and his crucifixion. And the beginning of the week, the way this starts is Jesus is coming into Jerusalem and he's riding on a donkey and everyone is praising him. They start to sing his praises, blessed be the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And they start to wave their branches and they sing the praises of Jesus because they've realized who he is. Here's the Messiah who has come for us. And they're singing to him because that's what you do, you praise. But the Pharisees, they didn't like it. The Pharisees, they come along and they say, hey, you can't do that. You can't sing that to him. Really what they were saying is you have to do it our way. You have to, if you don't do it the way we tell you, if you don't do it the way I do it, then you're doing it wrong. And we can't do that. You have to praise him the way you want to praise him. The Pharisees were saying, you've got to make them stop. So they came to the disciples and they said to the disciples, rebuke these followers, tell them to stop. And Jesus was the one that came back. And in verse 40, he said it this way, I tell you, if these, and he's talking about the people, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. I'm telling you, if we don't sing praises to God, somebody's going to. Something is going to. The creation is going to sing his praises. And if you don't praise God, you're going to praise something because that's what you were created to do, to praise. So we have to be careful and we have to make sure God is our focus and that we're praising him. Look at chapter 149, verse 4. It says, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. He loves to hear our praises he loves it when we sing. He loves it when we lift him up. And that's why we come together. 
That's why we do this. That's why we sing. That's why we pray. That's why we give. That's why we remember. Everything we do when we come in here is a part of this. I actually had somebody ask one time, how come we don't pray more during our services? I'm like, well, if you mean by all of us closing our eyes, bowing our heads, and some one person standing on stage with the microphone talking, um, then it's too narrow of a focus of what prayer is. Think of everything we do in this time together as prayer. When you're singing praises, pray. It's your prayer to him. As we sing, we are praying to him. As I'm preaching and I'm reading this book to you, it's, it's God speaking to us. It's a communication. It's back and forth to God. We are praying as we sing. We are praying as we preach and as we learn. Everything we do is part of a praise to him. Look at chapter 150, verse 6, the very last verse in the book. It says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Guys, if you've ever had this thought, and I know you have, I know somebody's asked you this before, what is this world coming to? Have you, ever, have you ever thought that? Has that ever been something that's in you? What is this world coming to? With all the tragedy, with all the things around us, with everything that's happening, you can get this feeling of what is this world coming to? I want to give you an answer. I want to give you an answer that you can then pass along to somebody else. But here's, here's what I want you to think, and here's what I want you to say. When you're thinking about this, what is this world coming to? I know what this world is coming to. This world is coming to a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's what this world is coming to. We have to remember that and we have to be part of it. You get to be, it's a privilege for you to get to be part of that. And we are there. So if you've never accepted it, if this is something like you have not taken that step to say those words, to make that confession of faith of who this Christ is for you, if baptism is the next step for you, I would love to walk this through with you. I'd love to share this with you. If you have, you're like, yes, I, I believe, then let's worship. Let's praise him. Let's be part of the group that lifts him up and focuses on him. So if you would, let's stand together and let this be a prayer of praise and sing out to him this morning.